Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman. Alongside me today, Barry Wilkinson. And after the madness of 19 wicket Wednesday, it was throwback Thursday on day one of the second warm up. Johnny Bairstow hitting 98 as England's batsmen once again had the better of the West Indies at President 11 bowlers. It was good fun. Nice to spend a bit of time out in the middle and. Um, kickstart the, the tour of the Caribbean with um, yeah with the 98. Half centuries for Rory Burns, runs for Chris Wokes, Sam Curran and Adil Rashid capping off a decent day. Although England would have hoped for more batting practice for the likes of Joss Butler and Moeen Ali. We will discuss this and also bring some local flavour to proceedings. A couple of very vocal West Indies fans joining us on the show. Well, even though... My favourite team, obviously, is the West Indies. <laughs> I still wouldn't hold a bias. And I mentioned only yesterday that this is one of the best England squads that I've seen in a long time. This is a really, really, really good unit. So it should be really, really good for me as a West Indian if I can beat them. More from the grass banks and also inside the corridors of the MCC, where former Windies coach Stuart Law spoke about their chances. Um, look... Don't underestimate the home team. Um, you know, there's some, there, there is some, a core group of senior players that have been there for a while now and have, have proved that they can do it. Um, so if England aren't on their game, West Indies have got the, the team to you know, make an upset. Um, going is an underdog, you've got nothing to lose. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe through your favourite podcast app and stay up to date with all the news from England's tour of the Caribbean. You're listening to Following On. Well, it's myself and Barry Wilkinson with you today, looking back at day one of the second warm-up game between England and West Indies President's eleven. 379 for 10. Adil Rashid, the last man to go. So I'm just going to have to get out of the way of a couple of England players uh, doing a, a little circuit of the grounds. 
and uh, all round batting really with some lower order biffing Curran, Wokes and Rashid all uh, heading 40s and getting a bit of time in the middle Moeen Ali was just about to run past me didn't uh, do quite so well today um, but Rashid alongside him did Ali was dropped and only made 6 uh, Denley 12 Butler 3 Jennings 7 the disappointing side of this England scorecard uh, Johnny Berso top scoring with 98 You'll hear him with Andrew McKenna shortly. And Rory Burns at 68. Barry Wilkinson uh, alongside me, uh, commentator from these parts. Did we learn anything today, Barry, that we, uh, that we didn't know uh, at the start of play? I would say that the England team would have built confidence, if anything. The West Indies, Presence 11, uh, they would have had a, another lesson in uh, what, how strong this England batting lineup really is. Rook didn't bother to bat. He didn't need to after we saw him yesterday, um, but well, on, on Tuesday, correction. But generally, you would think that someone like a, a Beerstow who didn't look up to scratch on Tuesday would have been happy to come back here and gain some confidence uh, before the big test on Wednesday. And I'm really happy for Burns because I've been following Rory Burns plays spin really well a bit susceptible to uh, fast bowling but if anyone would have learned anything it would be the West Indies bowlers like Gabriel who, who should have been watching and analyzing uh, Kimar Roach who I saw here they would recognize that he has a bit of susceptibility to anything on his body and uh, they might be looking to exploit that he was at home today because uh, the, the bowling wasn't really that challenging Azari Joseph didn't bowl apparently they've kept him on the lock and key so um, Burns to me look very free with when things are not challenging I want to see him when he's tested that's going to be a key so I hope that the West Indies bowlers would have learned that Rory Burns has a bit of uh, weakness to fast bowling Azari Joseph, as you mentioned, didn't bowl today. He's in the test squad. Do we read anything into that? No, I asked the question as to why that happened and they said that they, uh, just like Joe Root, uh, they've just decided to uh, keep him under lock and key. He's coming back from a, a very a very long injury and I was critical yesterday of the fact that you've picked O'Shane Thomas to cover for him, which I, I don't think songs right. I mean, you don't pick a player to cover for another player and he's named in a test squad. So I was very susceptible about that. I wasn't comfortable with it. It. but uh, they said that he's fully fit it's just that they saw him bowl they want to see him bowl and they don't want to tire him out before next week Wednesday so it was just a matter of perhaps uh, horses for courses and just um, wanting to get him his, loose, his limbs loose and now they've seen enough and they've kept him inside well, certainly the uh, the most dazzling stroke play today it came from the bat of Johnny Bairstow, dismissed for 98, caught deep square leg, uh, going for the six that would have brought up a, uh, a sparkling century. He went for 98 and he caught up with Andrew McKenna following play. Johnny, first of all, congratulations. Lovely innings today, 98. Thanks very much. Yeah, it was uh, it was good fun. Nice to spend a bit of time out in the middle and um, kickstart the, the tour of the Caribbean with, um, yeah, with the 98. When you've made as many hundreds as you have as a first-class cricketer, are you frustrated that you've not made it to 100 today? Or are you like Joe yesterday when he said to me, do you know what, it's all about time and feeling good off the bat. Does that mean more to you, if you like, than the three figures? Yeah, I, I think it does, you know. Um, it's naturally nice to get to three figures, but to be quite honest with you, it, these warm-up games are about spending time in the middle, getting your movements going, getting a rhythm to your batting out there, and if you can spend an hour and a half, two hours, three hours out there, then that's that's all that, that's all that the guys are, are looking for, to get that to get that rhythm. And same with the bowlers, just getting your rhythm running in, getting 10, 12, 13 overs in. Look, they're going to be bowling 18, 19 overs, 20 overs in a day, so it's very similar. 
got to be good though for the confidence. You've only got potentially two innings before a Test series, and you've got a big one under your belt already. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, coming off a few weeks off at home is it's actually really refreshing to. Uh, to be coming back in and having that time off's been absolutely amazing to be honest with you to be able to catch up with family to catch up with friends uh, to do all the normal stuff uh, back at home over Christmas um, is really refreshing and then uh, to come back in and see all the boys after they've had uh, some time off as well and see how their Christmas has been um, has, uh, has really um, given a lot of people that um, not new lease of life, but just a, a real enthusiasm to, to come back into Test cricket. You feel you have the right balance because you played a bit of T20 out in the Middle East, didn't you, after Sri Lanka? Just the right balance then between playing and rest? Uh, yeah, the T10, I was only there for three days, I think it was. Yeah. So uh, it was it was a very um, fleeting visit, uh, shall we say. And um, it, it was good fun, though. It was uh, You've got to try and just put yourself out there sometimes in, in those different... Uh, competitions because um, if you don't then you, you'll never find out and it was a, a great competition I really enjoyed it uh, obviously the news of the IPL as well uh, going to Hyderabad um, for the Orange Army is, uh, is going to be great fun I'm really excited about that Can I ask you after the ankle problem in Sri Lanka obviously you didn't take part in the mornings you were the referee of the football in the morning first couple of warm-ups here you kept the referee's whistle have you made a conscious decision not to play football anymore and not risk giving your place away? Oh, I'm not going to be playing football now. Um, just, uh, look, I've, I've played enough football over my lifetime so far, so uh, football's in the warm-ups and, and what have you. I'm just going to utilise my time a bit better. and um, Yeah, I won't, be, I won't be participating in the in the football. Maybe if rugby comes back, I might give that a whirl. Well, if, if they do that, I'm all for that, absolutely. In terms of this game and tomorrow... Where, where do you think England are? Are they about where they need to be going into a series? You, you've played enough of them. Does it does it feel like you, you're where you need to be? I mean, taking 18, 19 wickets in a day yesterday, I think the, the bowlers have executed the skills lovely. Uh, guys spending time in the middle today, guys spending time in the middle two days ago. Uh, I think we're, we're happy with how the preparation's gone. Um, look, I think a few of the boys would have liked a few more net facilities, but... At the end of the day, you make use of what it is, and that's that's what we've become really good at in Sri Lanka. Uh, not moaning, not groaning, just cracking on as a, a group of people, helping each other out and uh, and enjoying each other's company. And it's an amazing place to come. Um, we've uh, we've been very fortunate uh, to have been here before, and we know what an amazing place uh, the Caribbean is to tour. And uh, I'm not too sure that there's many uh, there's many people sad to be on uh, on this trip because, as I say. Um, it's such a lovely place. Just one final thing. It looks like you're going to be batting three with Ben as wicketkeeper. Obviously, you went to Sri Lanka as, as the wicketkeeper. Does that change your approach to this series at all mentally in the fact that you're doing one thing but not the... I mean, anyone who's seen the amount of work you're doing in, in practice, it's not like you're throwing the gloves away never to be seen again. But does it change the mental approach? Oh, I'm still doing my work. <laughs> it doesn't change... Uh, it doesn't change the amount of work that you do now um, just because uh, you, you're not keeping wicket for um, a few games, a series, whatever it may be. You've got to be very aware. Like we saw in Sri Lanka, how quickly things change, an injury, uh, one ball to the finger and all of a sudden you can be, you might be keeping wicket, you might get struck when you're batting. It, is, it, it, it happens so quick and um, look, I'm still enjoying my keeping because that's, that's what I've worked so hard to do and... Um, yeah, it's a different role with my batting, so it's, it's something that uh, is really refreshing. 
uh, exciting um, and, and pulls up different challenges as well. Every batsman wants to get 100, don't they, Barry? I mean, I know he says he's not disappointed not to get a century, but you, that's it's what it's all about, isn't it? It's, it's, that is why you bat. You bat to score centuries, and it's a warm-up game, yes, but um, it will still irk him a little bit to have fallen two runs short. Yeah, I think he would have really loved to get three figures. Root got 87. I'm sure he would have loved to get three figures as well. Um, But he fell short. It's not going in the the history books any. But at the same time, I think going into that first test, New Year's scored 100, would have given him that oomph that he's got one up on the the West Indies uh, team and he started the tour on the right note. But nevertheless, 98, just as good. And uh, if he's going to bat like that in the test match, then I think England's uh, batting might not stretch to number seven or eight. Uh, They've really got a a long lineup and the West Indies have got to Google, how do we get Joe Root out? That's going to be the big question. If Google has the answer to that, then they should really study it carefully because I think uh, he's going to be one of the hardest men to dislodge in this entire test series. I think you're right there looked in glorious touch on day one and let's change tack slightly because back home in England um, the uh, the former West Indies coach uh, Stuart Law the Australian uh, has uh, been speaking to the press ahead of his stint at Middlesex James Savundra talk sports James Savundra went along uh, to find out a little bit more let's just uh, let's have a little listen to what Stuart Law had to say about his former charges the West Indies and the chances they have in this test series against England coming up here on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. Um, look, don't underestimate the home team. Um, you know, there's some, there, there is some, a core group of senior players that have been there for a while now and have, have proved that they can do it. Um, a lot of that group played uh, played that test match at Headingley. So if England aren't on their game, West Indies have got the, the team to you know, make an upset. Um, and that, the, the best thing about going into this series, England obviously going in as the favorite, red-hot favourites, um, going as an underdog, you've got nothing to lose. You're not supposed to win. Um, and the, the Caribbean crowd will tell the Caribbean team that, that they're not supposed to win. Um, so they like, once again, they like proving people wrong as well. So, look, it's, it, it, it should be, you know, reasonably comfortable for, for England uh, on paper, but out in the ground, you know, there's a few guys there with a point to prove and, you know, um, opportunities to, to cement a place for a long time in the Western New setup. so I wouldn't discount them. But I think the euphoria of the first test win in England for 17 years um, you know, was something that I think is still celebrated in the Caribbean. Um, they don't need much to have a party out there. Um, but uh, look, some of the kids who, who stuck their hand up in that match, you know, they really gained a lot. Um, you know, the, the Shea Hope, Craig Brathwaite, uh, Jason Holder, you know, Sh- Shannon Gabriel, they all bowled. You know, those guys bowled their hearts out. Um, Shannon Gabriel bowled fast every every time he bowled the ball, um, you know, and the two batters, they just you know, had a dream, dream test match. Um, but they can do it, that's the thing. It, it comes down to now self-belief. If they've got self-belief, they can, they can achieve anything they want, those guys. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Former West Indies coach Stuart Law speaking there. You're going to hear much more of that within the lunch break of the Barbados Test match. James Savundra sat down and had a good conversation with Stuart about his time as West Indies coach. Uh, Barry Wilkinson alongside me. Um, how big a loss was Stuart Law to West Indies cricket? The main thing about Stuart Law was the timing of, of his leaving. Um, Stuart Law left at a time when people felt that the squad was beginning to develop with him. So I don't think he was going to stay for, for five, six years. None of them never do. But it was a bit of a surprise when he actually called time on him leaving the West Indies team. It came after they just defeated Bangladesh 2-0 and they were very competitive with Sri Lanka who they held to a one-all draw. So we were looking forward now to going to India, going to Bangladesh and having Stuart Law kind of replicate that form or bring out some more uh, exciting performances from the, those young players who performed against uh, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. And he announced before the tour that he's leaving. So the timing was very odd. There was no acrimony. He was never involved in any spats with the board, which happened before with uh, perhaps like Otis Gibson or perhaps a, um, a Phil Simmons where they, they had some tussles. There was just no clue that he was going to pick up and leave and at the time he did it. So that was really strange. Um, and it, it really proved to be detrimental for the West Indies because they were on the road for 100 days and it was 100 days of misery. I think they won two matches out of every single game, tests, ODIs, T20s that they played. Um, so him leaving kind of upset the upper court, as they would say here in these parts of the world. And uh, now they've hired an interim coach which is still not settled with the team because it's someone who was there before as a director of cricket and he's not a popular choice from what we're reading and, and seeing from the team some team members so more short-termism a controversial choice and you know that's a topic that no doubt we will come back to throughout this series uh, but on a more positive note you know Primarily, it's been England fans here at the Three Ws, uh, a big tier of them on the balcony, um, on the uh, first level of the Floyd Reefer stand, and several more trying to get some sun in um, in the uh, week or two or three that they're spending here, the, the, the annual holiday to Barbados. But there's also some Caribbean fans, as you'd expect, and Sam Ellard caught up with a couple of them. Yeah, thank you very much, John. I'm with Donovan right now, and uh, 
massive West Indies fan and you're also working here aren't you Donovan um, over the past couple of days you're working uh, we're very close to the, the pavilion what's it what's it like with the England team being here obviously the West Indies are here at the moment what's the atmosphere been like over the last couple of days for you well, it's been absolutely marvellous. Um, it's not every day that you get to be so close to such international greats, as I would say. Um, I earlier had a joke with Mr. Um, Joe Root. Earlier I spoke to Anderson, who I think is absolutely magnificent. Yeah. So the atmosphere is electric, and we're really glad to have the English here. We love having them yeah. here. So as I said before, you know, it's really a privilege for me. So for me, it's a, it's a two-parter. I get to work and still mingle with some great cricketers. So I'm winning however you look at it. Yeah. And what's, how does it compare when England come over to other countries in terms of the atmosphere of Barbados, of round here? How does it compare? Well, when we have international teams, it's always a pleasure. It's always a hype. But the difference with England is this. If you know, you follow your history, we were once, you know, under the rule of the British. So it's like home coming to home if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So for the English, it's extremely special when we have them here. You understand? So, yeah. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous if you want to use that in terms of having them here. Yeah. And we absolutely love having yeah. them. And you've been watching the Cricket Avenue the first three days of the warm-up. How do you reckon England are shaping up ahead of that first test? Well, even though my favourite team, obviously, is the West Indies, yes. <laughs> I still wouldn't hold a bias. And I mentioned only yesterday that this is one of the best England squads that I've seen in a long time. This is a really, really, really good unit. So it should be really, really good for me as a West Indian if I can beat them. Yeah. Well, look, I've got to say, I've been talking to a lot of locals and a lot of the locals aren't that optimistic of beating England. But what do you reckon? Can West Indies beat England over the three test matches? Uh, to be honest with you, it's going to take a challenge. Yeah. If we beat England, it means that we played some magnificent cricket. And I honestly believe that we have the tools to do it. It's just for the guys to just buckle in, believe in their ability, believe in their confidence. Yeah. And remember, you know what? Even though we're playing a great side, we're actually playing this great side in our backyard. And that should count for something. So I tell you what, I've always loved England, love England players, but I'm going to go to the West Indies on this one. Really? And just last question, um, for the England fans listening, who are the danger men for the West Indies? Who's going to score the runs? Who's going to take the wickets? I'm not going to pinpoint any, any one player. I think <laughs> it's going to be a team effort. And you know we have some big names out there still in the context of big, if you understand what I'm saying. So it's going to, be, it's going to take a collective effort. And I'm confident and quietly confident, if I might add, that we're going to pull it off. And John, as I move over now, I've got another West Indies fan with me, Martin Paris, the son of the former umpire Stanton Paris. Just been talking to, to Donovan. He's confident that the West Indies can cause an upset against England. How do you see it? Well, this is one of those traditional rivalries. Yeah. The old days, they never wanted to play a warm-up match against the Barbados squad ahead of a test match at Kensington Oval because the Barbados team predominantly was the West Indies team, even if it was a guy's next lineup to come into play against England. Uh, the first portion of these two-day warm-ups, we managed to bowl England out without our first string bowlers. But as you can appreciate, the score right now is 241 for six. They've upped the ante mm. in the second go-around. So you mentioned there that in previous years, going back some time, the standard of the opposition in the warmer matches would be pretty good. But 
there's been some talk on social media obviously 19 wickets England took yesterday then maybe it's just not the best preparation for England and that the standard should be better so England are better equipped for that first test match how do you see that? I don't know which of the coaches devises. I bowl 90 overs in a day at you. You can bat all day if you want to. Then tomorrow I come and you bowl at me. What does that accomplish? There is no competitive edge to that. You could as well have had machines bowling at you for yeah. two days. Yeah, that is true. And there's a buzz, isn't there? You know, the first test match isn't underway for, you know, until next Wednesday, but already loads of England fans here. The atmosphere is just ramping up. You know, what, what, what is it like? when England come to town and how does it compare to when other countries come to town? Just remember when the West Indies toured England, especially when you play in Birmingham, yeah. the West Indians may be smaller in number there, but it's the quality of the West Indian fans. <laughs> we expect that Kensington with the pre-sale tickets, etc., is going to be chock-a-block yeah. with visiting English fans. The press is here. The numbers don't really matter. It's the quality of the opponents yeah. that you're going to face on the actual day. The guys have been in the nets. I've seen them around going through their paces. Everybody is looking forward for a keen contest, which yeah. I expect to be yeah. evenly balanced. Who do the West Indy team fear? When England come over, who are the, who are the players that, the, you know, the way, you know who, who, who do you fear the most in, that, in, in, in this England team? It's not even so much fear, but it's the fact that because you guys get a lot of county cricket, we're being metronomic and consistent. If you don't have a long power of concentration, you might just throw your hand away. So it's the ability to stay longer mm -hmm. against that nagging line and length of a good English bowler, yeah. which is what they do at county level. And the stickability of the batsman to grind out a day's play. But given the variety that we have in our bowling attack, you can get a variety of nip, tuck and turn mm -hmm. with the pace and the spinners as well as the batsmen who have the dash and the ability to actually play textbook. Who? Who will score the West Indies runners this series? Everywhere from 1 to 11. <laughs> really? Because everybody fancies himself as a batsman, especially since the Kensington Oval pitch has mm. not been that fearsome, bowling, fast-paced thing like what Sabina was, what Kensington was in days gone by. I don't know why. Um, there's not a resident club at Kensington Oval, so you can't really tell. And I think they've adjusted one of the squares that they're using. One of the pitches in the square yeah. is going to be slightly unfamiliar, even to the regional players. Sam Elod there on the grassy banks here at the Three W's uh, Oval, and just catching up with a couple of enigmatic, charismatic, uh, and uh, just all-round good guy, good guy cricket fans. You know, it's I get. Do you know what? I get a bit tired of people. It's almost condescending, condescending when people say, "Oh, they're very knowledgeable cricket fans in this part of the world." Of course, they're knowledgeable cricket fans. They're, knowledgeable cricket fans all over the world you know but what you hear when you speak to a lot of people around here is that love that affection for the game itself it's not just about West Indies it's about the opposition it's about community it's about coming together and celebrating our great game and boy they've been tested over the last 10 15 20 years we're not going to see as many of them as maybe we would have done 20 30 years ago but very simply barry you know i hear so much about the youths playing different sports and different distractions it's very simple to me west indies win and the crowds will come back 
Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, winners attract and breed fans. There's no secret to that. Although I must tell you, I'm amazed that in football, how a team like Liverpool hasn't won anything major since 1998, but still have such a massive fan base. I, I, I suspect that the whole game and sport of football is a bit different to how people gravitate towards those players and towards that game. Cricket is different. You, you wouldn't see a, a massive crowd in Zimbabwe, for example, coming to watch a, a test match. But even if England are not winning, you, you still see um, the houses full for a test match in England. So I think it's a lot to do with how people feel about the particular sport and the particular team. In the West Indies, though, it's everything like that. If the West Indies are not doing well, people get turned off very quickly and very easily. One of your famous chickens are in the back uh, echoing my, my, my response. But in the West Indies, it's, it's a lot like that. I mean, look, West Indies team loses. People don't feel that they should spend their money to come and watch. And uh, that has been, um, unfortunately, uh, a very big thing since the exit of someone like a Brian Lara uh, when he left the game in 2000, 2007. Um, the crowds have not been at Test Cricket like they have been. When we see cricket next Wednesday, it's going to be 70% England fans, 30% West Indians. And that's indeed, while it's good, it's sad because it says that at the end of the day, um, you know, we don't have that local support for the game that we would expect to have. Say so that uh, when it comes to the T20s and the ODIs, the crowds will be back, won't they? We saw that in the World T20, the, world, the Women's World T20, when West Indies women were playing at home, rammed, absolutely packed to the rafters. And that maybe is uh, one of the reasons why we saw what we saw over the last three days. I'm not sure the, uh, the mindset and the dreams of cricketers in these parts, like many other countries, is as indelibly linked to Test cricket in the way that it still is just about for England. Um, the riches, the fame, the fortune, the appeal, the crowds, it's uh, its all in the coloured clothing. Uh, Barry, thanks for your time today. We'll touch base again tomorrow uh, when following on podcast will be back. The final day of the warm-ups ahead of the first test match which gets underway on the 23rd. You can listen to that exclusively live on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. But for now, that's pretty much all we've got time for you here on Following On. To never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you tomorrow. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.